When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. It is the Bengals underscore stands breakdown. You've been watching all the position groups and offensive line. We should be talking about offensive line. You're watching the tackle room. Tell me everything about the tackle prospects. All right, skipping past Paris Johnson and Peter Skronsky, who won't be there. And, I mean, I caught Paris Johnson as I watched DeWan Jones, and I just kind of went, yeah, it looks like a first-round tackle. <laughs> like, I didn't watch him much. I was just like, yeah, sure. Last year I was intrigued because there was three guys, and they're very different, so I watched them, even though I knew there was no shot since he got one. But, uh, yeah, I've watched, I think, everybody they could take at 28. And the highest-rated uh, prospect by – you know, mock drafts and big boards and whatnot right now that could go there is Broderick Jones. I don't see it happening. I think he goes before that. A lot of potential, raw. Um, those are the – and there's different levels to that. I think he's closer to playing than another guy I'll talk about later. But he would be great to the Bengals because he could sit a year. And I think that's going to scare some people because that's what they said about Cedric Ogboye. <laughs> it's like, ah, he could sit a year and learn. But – you know, Broderick, he gives up his chest a lot. Not good as an offensive lineman. That's your head as a boxer. They hit you there. They control the fight. So he needs to learn to make first contact himself. He's long. He's long enough and he's athletic and he's got, and he's really strong. So like, that's three things you're really looking for in a guy. And I think he does have some of the, you don't see it on first glance. His, his pass game footwork, I think is better than it seems they just like to um, short set because they get these tight rushers. So you're not going to really set out really far to get those guys in the NFL. You're going to have to do that from time to time. They're going to put miles Garrett out there in, you know, seven yards away from you and you have to find a way to get to them. But in college, I mean, those guys are inside him a lot of the time or they're right outside him. So he just has to kind of just barely move. And we'll get to why I think that helps some other players a little bit later. But yeah, he's interesting. I don't think he falls there. I think he would be a great pick. He's got a first round grade for me. And the only guy I think I'm going to talk about that has a clear first round grade from me in uh, that I think they could take there. So he matches need. He would probably have to sit a year and he's not a right tackle. Um, I think he played a little bit of right tackle, but he's not your right tackle of the future. And I would probably rather he just plays left tackle and trains there rather than tries to play right tackle and then switch back over to left because that can get dicey. So that's the first guy I watched. He's from Georgia. Does that sound like a guy you'd want to take at 28? You're convincing me every week of a guy. I'm like, oh, definitely 28. If he's there, make sure they get him. I'm just nervous when it comes to the offensive line class because we've had past drafts, and I don't know why the 2021 one will always sting so much about the Jackson Carmen pick. And, you know, it's unfortunate because of all the guys they could have drafted before Jackson Carmen and they didn't get them. Uh, But I think about that. And this one just, and you can tell me I'm completely wrong. 
I don't want to be in a situation when you bring up Cedric Oboehi, it, it brings back a little PTSD because of how they drafted. And I'm not even down on the Jake Fisher pick. I, unfor- that was kind of unfortunate. Maybe that could have possibly worked out if injuries and I don't know, they just didn't work out. But Cedric Oboehi was obviously going to be the future and it felt like a reach for this team. I don't want to be in a position at the offensive line group where they are reaching at 28 if another best player available is there if it's defense if it's offense if it's tied in I don't want to reach for for O-line it's, especially if they're not even going to be starting the season and it's more development I'm cool with the second third round developmental offensive lineman for the future because you do need to think about Jonah's replacement and you don't have a right tackle right now but you know I just I, why can't why can't Paris just fall all the way to 28 <laughs> Just stay in Ohio. Yeah, there is. I don't see a shot of that happening. Um, some other guys that I think get mocked there and are interesting. I have second round grades on all of these guys, okay. but the first one is Darnell Wright from Tennessee. I think the rushers being tight help him because he doesn't seem that confident when he has to get out to a guy that can really get off the ball and be wide outside of him. I saw him skip once, which was wild. I've never seen a guy use the same, <laughs> like usually you see him, you know, it's one foot than the other, right? This guy like jumped on the same foot twice to try to get out there. <laughs> I was like, I've never seen that. That guy's not confident in what he can do. And maybe that's coaching, but I think it's a little bit of athleticism. And even if he tests really well, I think offensive linemen can kind of, you know, if they're really good at what, at knowing to run the 40, to know how to do the three cone, to know how to do the short shuttle. I don't think everybody that is in an offensive lineman, offensive line room is. I think of Kenyon Green last year. He bombed the combine, and I didn't think he was a terrible athlete. And Zion Johnson, I thought was an okay athlete, and he ends up as one of the best in the draft. So ignoring that, I think he's an okay athlete. I don't think he's great at that, and he misses a bit in the run game, but he's very strong. He actually reminds me of Lyle Collins, not as good as the Cowboys one, but not as much of a broken right tackle as the Bengals one. That's not against Collins. That's I think his back is really injured and he can't sustain things. So that's what he reminds me of. He's top heavy. He's got really strong hands. He mixes up his pass protection team techniques a lot. I think he's a bit of a high floor pass protection guy and you can throw him in there and play him year one. That's what I think the benefit is here. I don't know what the ceiling is because I just don't see him as a great athlete. If he becomes really good technically in the run game, I think his power will take over and maybe he can be up to what Lyle Collins was in Dallas, but it's tough. I think he can come into the league as at least an average pass protector and get better from there, but it's dicey. What, what is that worth? Like, is that value a first round pick? Because to me, I'd rather have, any of the tight ends I watched, I think, than have a guy that I know can play year one, but I don't know what the ceiling is. But maybe that's what the Bengals need because they take these guys that are high potential, low floor, and they don't get them to become the high potential guys. Although I will say also Frank Pollock, he's had one decently high pick and it was Jackson Carmen, which was by most accounts a reach. Uh, so I, I don't think he's had the ball of clay to work with. That is a uh any of these guys broderick jones darnell wright and then i'm gonna talk about dewan jones anton harrison and jalen duncan as well 
I just, I will say this, and I think that they get a draft, and I, I can't wait to hear about the other three. The one thing about this front office when it comes to offensive linemen, look, they can get wide receivers all the time. They find them. They're good at it. But when it comes to offensive linemen over the past 15 years, I just trust them to buy their free agents. And I know Lyle Collins really didn't work out, but I still felt like it was a pretty cheap deal for your right tackle position. And unfortunately, he was just injured all season. But for me personally, I, I, I'm really intrigued to see what Cincinnati does in the draft when it comes to offensive linemen. Will it be a late pick? Will it be a second or third round? But you have other second round grades for this team. Who's up there or for this position? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the next one on my list, uh, and I'm going in order of how I graded them. Uh, another second round grade was Dewan Jones. Very, very long. He's the Ohio State right tackle. He's a right tackle only, I think. Surprisingly athletic. He's like six foot eight and 350 pounds. Huge dude. Arms, I think he broke the record for wingspan. So longest from fingertip to fingertip across the across him. So he's very long. He could scratch his calf standing up. Uh, but I didn't see the power I wanted to see in the run game. Like sometimes it was there. But for being like 350, 360 pounds, I thought he was going to abuse these guys, especially because he can move. But he didn't do it as much as I thought he would. But I think as a pass protector, he comes with a high floor similar to Darnell Wright, just because he's so big, he's so long, and he knows what he's doing. He got better throughout the year. I think that's really promising is that he started off not great as a pass protector. And then, and I know I had him as like a day three after the first game I watched, and then I'm watching more, I'm watching more. I'm like, oh, he's get, he's getting better. Because I watched the Notre Dame game. It was the season opener first. And I was like, oh, I don't know about this guy. And then watch more is why you watch multiple games. And I'm like, okay, he, he got better throughout the year. He was able to what his issue is, is he doesn't keep his weight down the middle on the midline, as it's called. And so he can get off balance one way or the other. So that's really his issue in pass protection that can lead to him getting off balance. And the guy goes inside or he doesn't in, isn't able to reach outside and the guy can go around him. Nobody's really going through him, although it did happen a couple times, even though he's 350, 360 pounds, because he was off balance. It wasn't because he's weak. It's because he's off balance and gets hit. Stand on one foot and have somebody push you, and you're probably not staying up. So that's uh, that's the Dewan Jones one. I think I am. I don't have a ton of time, so I'm just going to do the other two real quick. Anton, Anton Harrison, I found really interesting. I don't know if I've watched enough games. I only watched two games that I had, um, but I, I I think he's strong. But I have questions about him in pass protection. He's a left tackle for Oklahoma, and he's just his feet are wide when he makes contact sometimes his feet stop on contact he's really smart i think he processes things really well but yeah he can get stood up he it's just i think there's a bit there his hands are usually wide um and he gives up his chest similar to broderick jones except broderick's more a better athlete and i think a little bit stronger he's a he's a project a little bit i think he has to get a little bit stronger with his anchor and his ability to handle power and keep his hand inside and not keep him wide so that people can hit him. But he's interesting. I, I give him a second round grade because he's not a clean evaluation for me. I don't see that as a first round pick. If I don't see them as a clear, this guy is going to come in, he's going to be good. And the last one is Jalen Duncan, who currently in mock drafts, I think is going to like the third or fourth round. I think he climbs and he's just so athletic. You can't teach the way he gets off the ball. And he's really technically sound with his feet. So like in pass protection, he gets out there and he gets boom, boom, two kicks, three steps in before the edge rusher can get his second step in the ground. Sometimes 
while they're getting their first step in the ground or right as that first step hits for the edge guy, he's already where he needs to be. So that's something you can't teach. But he gave up three sacks in the game I watched because his hands were really bad. <laughs> and Maryland teaches him two-hand punch. That's really old school, and it gets smoked by defensive line techniques today. The only guy I can think of that succeeded as a two-hand puncher in the league was Riley Reef, uh, and that was hard for him. Uh, but yeah, he, he's a two-hand punching. He doesn't need to. He's long enough to play with independent hands. It's just there's so much that is that scares you. But if you feel really confident about your offensive line development, this guy probably has the highest ceiling out of anybody that can go at pick 28 just because he's so athletic. And he's not small. I know he weighed in under 300 pounds for the senior bowl. But I think he was probably around 305, 310 when he played. And then Maryland listed him at 320. So I think he was fluctuating a bit and then he tried to drop weight to move well at the senior bowl. And then he drops too much weight, but he looks better at the senior bowl because his hands look much better. So he's really interesting. I found him really interesting and Bengals fans, I think and fans around the NFL, not just Bengals fans thing. I think because of the PFF mocks and everything else, they think you can get him in the third round and he's your project. I think he goes much earlier. I don't think he makes it to pick 60 personally. So I don't think I can... you can even take him in the second round, but I think somebody's going to fall in love. Uh, coaches, what their favorite saying with a guy is probably, I could fix that. So somebody's going to say that. And is it Cincy? I don't know. I don't know if I'd feel confident, but I, I have enough PTSD and scarring from the Cedric Ogboyhi, which is what this would remind me of. But I think it makes sense if they wanted to try it. Man, that just felt like such a fail of pick. That was such an unfortunate time. That was the beginning of the end with the offensive line, unfortunately for Sed. And then he went on. I think he got paid with Seattle. So credit He's still to playing. It's wild. And Bobby Hart. But, yeah, Bobby Hart's still going too. Wow. It's crazy times. But I want to go back to your second round because I'm going to make you pick right now. Say Cincinnati, they go cornerback. They go tight in at 28. Mm -hmm. You look at the second round from the tackle position group that you just mentioned. Who would you feel comfortable with if he They're was all there? there? They're all there. They're all there. Oh, uh, if Broderick Jones somehow fell to this pick six. No, 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 no. Not him. Sorry, sorry, so sorry. Oh, Let's... just a second round grade, guys. Just yeah, second round grade, guys. Sorry. Oh, man. It's going to depend on what they do in free agency. Because if they don't really have a solid right tackle, like if they go out and buy a high-end right tackle, I'm not interested in Dewan Jones or um, Darnell Wright. But if they don't, and they're either banking on Lowell Collins to come back, and then they they just get a Billy Turner type. I'm okay going Darnell right there and going high floor just because of the Bengals' history of drafting developing these guys. I almost would rather get the high floor guy or Dewan Jones. They're almost the same grade for me. Um, I think Wright's a tiny bit more polished, so that's something that would benefit Dewan Jones a little bit more potential because he's so long. So that that's what I, I I'd go with one of those two. But if you do have right tackle figured out, say you pay up even a little bit and just grab uh, Isaiah Wynn. And you're probably not benching Isaiah Wynn when you pay him $9 million or something like that. I might look at one of the, at Anton Harrison and Jalen Duncan, even though they're the lower floor guys, because they do get that chance to sit a year. It's a second round pick. So I'm not going to feel as bad about using pick 28 on those guys, but I also don't think any of these guys fall to pick 60. So, uh, and I don't think it's a deep class at offensive tackle, and I've heard it's a very shallow class at guard. So if you get an offensive lineman, I feel like you take them early. I know people are probably yelling, what about Cody Motch, the guy from North Dakota State? I have heard many evaluators that I trust say he's a guard, and I almost think, like, 
I think they're just rolling with the interior offensive line they have, even mm-hmm. though we have talked about how we might look at some guys. Yeah. I don't I don't think they are. I think you think back to all the guys that got a second year. Billy Price got a second year. Michael Jordan got a second year. Russell Bodine had like five years. And look, Cordell Volson was better than all those guys his rookie year. So he's going to get another year, I think. Like I, I almost find it pointless to go through there and watch Osiris Torrance or watch uh, Steve Avila or watch Cody Motch just because I'm like, well, I know what they're going to do. They're going to roll with Cordell Volson. And I don't think that's wrong. I think that's fine. I think he played well outside of where you would expect. I think he was – if he's your fifth best offensive lineman, you are in a good spot. And I think they were in a pretty good spot. Uh, I wouldn't even say he was the fifth. I, I would say he was better than the right tackle most of the year. So at least more consistent. So that's um, that's where I am on the interior of the guys, just to mention that. I don't know if I'm going to watch them. Maybe I will if if I get through the corners, which I hear is a very deep class. So, uh, yeah, I would probably pick the right tackles if free agency doesn't have that figured out. But if you do bring in a guy that's costs at least six million or so, you know, a guy you expect to be the starter at right tackle. I might go take a swing at the potential guys. I, I might take the swing at Harrison or Duncan just because the potential there is just so high. And it is hard to find left tackles outside of the draft. It they use you don't get a Tron Armstead in the free agency pool every year, which is why I banged the table so hard for him last year. And I'm hearing from people that they were actually talking to him and they're actually close and injuries or age drove them away and let Miami win that. I just need to know that relationship they have with the saints. And obviously it's with the agent, <laughs> but it's absolutely wild if they were, they would have been able to to get him too. but I actually kind of want to go more around the NFL. A lot of players get released, how it fits in with Cincinnati and a little more with some offensive line left tackle replacements that some people say for Jonah Williams next on it's always game day in Cincinnati. <laughs> 